0: Hello, and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and we have a fantastic show in store for you today. Joining me from Chicago is Awilda rivera Prignano. Now, Awilda is an author I'll talk about That and the books she has published in a minute. But it's very special because she has published a bilingual children's book that we'll be talking about quite a bit today. It's a wonderful story. And Awilda was born and raised in the Windy City. I just gave away what that was. So people can (laughs) check their geography. Born and raised in, in the Windy City in the state commonly known as the Land of Lincoln, Awilda has always had a passion for writing and since childhood dreamed of one day becoming a published author. Her dream came true when she was published in the anthologies Follow It Through, Obstacles Equal Opportunities, published in June 2017, The Real Journey of the Empowered Mom Boss from February 2018, and Your Shift Matters, Resistance to Resilience from November of 2018. Now, besides writing, Awilda enjoys traveling and exploring new places. As a lifelong learner, she will soon be embarking on an international adventure and will be living and working in different countries around the world. Awilda engages very easily with everyone she meets and her mission is to inspire through her storytelling, the values of love, kindness, and compassion for others. Awilda, welcome to Decide to Transform. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you for having me here today with you and your listeners, Tomás. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: This is going to be fun. Yes, and a bilingual children's book is something that I think will interest so many people, and there are a number of bilingual listeners here on this show. So the title of the children's book in, in English is Loving Lulu and Lulu Amorosa in Spanish. So. You have published in anthologies other books that we mentioned in the bio. So what prompted you to write Loving Lulu? And what's it about?
1: Well, um, like, you, like you mentioned, I have been published in anthologies. Um, it has always been my dream to be published on my own though. So when I was really focusing on my own writing and creating a brand of my own, I thought about a children's book first. It's always been um, something that I've I've had a passion for. And I had a few little stories written when I was creating the little character of Loving Lou, of Lulu. Um, I always saw her as a as a little bilingual girl because I grew up bilingual. I grew up immersed speaking English and Spanish. And so um, you know, the stories are all influenced from personal experiences, things in my life, people in my life that have in you know, inspiration. So the first story that i chose to move forward with into developing into this book is really inspired by our journey my journey my family's journey with my mother who has dementia okay so i really kind of took that story of what we experienced what we went through and really uh her transformation, because a person who experiences dementia, they go through this transformation. And of course, as a family member, and for me being my mom's caregiver, I had to kind of figure out a way in, you know, how was I going to stay in touch, stay connected, try to still be present for her. And so I, with the story of loving Lulu, it's that same journey, but really through the lens of a child. Because if you think about what kids see and hear, all they, under, all they really understand is that there are changes happening. Something different is happening. You know, they may hear the word dementia, but maybe they don't really understand that word dementia. And even in my story, I don't use the word dementia in the story. Right and i don't use it in the dedication either because it was important for me when i was creating this story that it be relatable to really any family who's going through any type of change or dealing with some type of um you know it could be a disability it could be someone who's uh suffered a stroke or something something where the communication sometimes is stalled because you know, there's a misunderstanding or some confusion about, you know, how can you still continue to have a relationship with this other person? So with Lulu, you know, when she, you know, noticed that there were changes happening, she just thought within herself, well, what is it that I can do? What is it that I can do so that my abuelita still knows that I still love her? And, you know, the story of loving Lulu is, I'm sorry if I feel like I'm all over the place with this, but the story of loving Lulu is Lulu and her Abuelita, they spend a lot of time together because, Mm -hmm. you know, Lulu's mom is working and and Lulu and her Abuelita, they, they cook together and, you know, she helps her Abuelita taking care of other children and her Abuelita teaches her Spanish. So when she finds herself, where she's trying to figure out, well, how can I show my abuelita? How can I let her know that I still love her? She thinks back of all the things they did together and how really loved and special it made her feel. So it's really through her own resourcefulness that she kind of figures out, well, let me try to do these things with her and that may help her to remember those feelings as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And, uh, you know, listeners out there, I, I've, I've been through Loving Lulu and Lulu Amorosa and you know, I will, as you just said, it's about the challenge to stay connected when somebody is not able to relate in the same way that they once were. Now, what caused you to write this through the lens of a child?
1: You know, um, it's, it's funny when I was going through this myself, it was really, it took a lot of deep thought, you know, I had a a process. It's almost like you have to process the loss of the person that you knew Mm -hmm. and be ready to embrace the new normal, you know, how they are now, how you see them now, um, and I went and I remember going through all those stages of anger and frustration and denial, right? Because you try to figure out how do I fit into this person's life? How did they fit into mine? And the reason why I wanted to try to write about this through the, through the lens of a child is sometimes people, when they're um, kind of facing an obstacle that they just don't know what to do, Sometimes it's just you have to almost go back to this, you know, searching deep within and just really just looking for that answer that um, I don't want to say that it's like, like really simple because it's not. It's it's a process that you have to be open to kind of do some real soul soul, soul searching and search from within yourself. But I wanted to kind of have that message shared through the lens of a child because like in Lulu's case, she just asked herself, what is it that I can do? What is it that I can do? And it just took her kind of remembering and recollecting about the moments that they shared and how it made her feel. And sometimes I find with adults, And it could just be maybe in a regular relationship where there's been a misunderstanding or some kind of conflict. And sometimes the relationships are broken because people refuse to go back and kind of remember and be, you know, and, and say to themselves, well, where, where did things start falling apart? Like what happened? Um, So I just thought kind of like flipping that switch and just starting from, a simple children's story it can maybe be something that's shared to the intended audience which is children but honestly my hope as the author is that the message is embraced by the grown up that's with the child as well
0: yes and the, yeah as as we're talking that's something that really strikes me is adults can go back they can people talk about an inner child, but it it really, the questions are universal, aren't they? The questions, how can I love?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely.
0: That really struck me. I'm
1: sorry, you were gonna say something?
0: No, it really struck me when when I was reading the, just the, the question, how can I, express love here. And um, I, I really like that you just mentioned that this is for children, but it's also for adults that are with them.
1: Right. Well, and, and the thing about that too, Tomas, is that we also, when, when we think about how can we communicate and connect with another person, we always think about what is it that we can hear versus you know with speaking and sometimes people struggle right with how to find those words how to especially when there's been um a conflict or a disagreement or something it's almost like they don't know well how can i you know how can i reconnect how can i let this person know i still love them and we're given these gifts of sight, of sound, of, of touching, of tasting. And so going back to, to with my journey with my mom, it was like almost like going through and trying to remember, well, what were some of the things that made her happy? And she and my dad, they used to love to go dancing. They used to love to host parties. So I knew that Mm -hmm. music, music and food, (laughs) music and food for me growing up, it's what I knew in Mm -hmm. my house. And it was just as simple as I thought, well, maybe I'm going to play some YouTube videos for her. And I started to do that. And she started to respond to them. And so it kind of gave me ideas. Well, what are some things that I could just start doing with her and, and start to communicate to her using these other senses? Because her dementia was so advanced, there was, she didn't really hold the capacity to have a conversation or anything like that. But I learned that I was able to reach her doing some of these other activities with her. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: It makes total sense. And, and I love that. That was something that very much struck me as I was reading uh, Loving Lulu is the music and food. So culturally, walk us through some of that. What kind of music? What kind of food?
1: Oh, my gosh. So my parents were both from Puerto Rico. All right.
0: Um,
1: so obviously salsa, merengue, all the, all the dances, right? Um, my mother was an amazing cook. Mm -hmm. And my mom really spoke, shared love through her cooking, not just for the family, but really everybody she fed. So it's one of those things that it wasn't until I was much older that I was able to understand that, that sometimes with my mom, you know, she was the disciplinarian in the family, right? She was the one that laid down the law, but she really showed us love Mm -hmm. through her cooking And my parents, really, through their love of entertaining, you know, our house was always an open house where people can come over. It's really like things like that, that growing up, it's you don't really realize this is how they're really expressing and showing love for us and for other people. Um, but really it's something that I can recollect and have memories now and I'm like, you know what? They were really amazing how they really opened their house and, and would express love in that way to so many people.
0: Yeah, yeah I love that. I'm, I'm picturing, especially with the year that we've had and COVID-19 and a, a global pandemic, I'm picturing just a giant party. In fact, I'm, I, I honestly I'm picturing a giant street party, and here in Phoenix, it's with taco trucks. But yeah, what's <laughs> right? What's your favorite? What's your favorite dish from childhood? What did your mom make that you most love?
1: Oh my gosh, my mom's cooking was amazing, but right. definitely the holidays. The holidays was the best time of the year.
0: All right. And is there a particular holiday dish that really stands out? You froze out? Up a little. Oh, I did. Well, is there a particular holiday dish that really stands out to you?
1: So, my mom during the holidays, um, she would make pasteles. I don't know if you're familiar with pasteles, but mm-hmm. her pasteles, um, pernil, um, she had an amazing potato salad. Um, Really, my mom's cooking was so delicious. She'd make coquito. I don't know if you've heard of coquito, which is the Puerto Rican eggnog. She was known for that. Oh, all right. Um, So much. Like the holidays were such a big. I, I always think of my mother around the holidays because she was one of those people. She'd be cooking for days, and she'd be cooking not just for us, but for everybody. She would have people request food. Her. Puerto Rican rice was amazing Mm. Um, and I miss that. I miss her cooking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's, it's so amazing how food and music are in fact languages and it's, it's quite Easy for us as human beings to communicate with them. Yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about food uh, because I I know some of those dishes myself. Yeah, absolutely. And now, and the the inspiration for Loving Lulu was your experience with your mother. And so, how how long had she been experiencing dementia? What was that like?
1: From the time when she was first diagnosed up until the end of her life, it was almost six years Mm. that we'd been on this journey with her. When she was first diagnosed, she was diagnosed with a mild to moderate. Um, We had started to notice that she was being forgetful. Some of her habits were changing. So it really took, you know, it took a while to, to get her properly diagnosed. Um, so, a couple of years though, after she had been diagnosed, we had decided where she needed to be in assisted living because mm-hmm. her condition had advanced to the oh. point that she really couldn't be home alone. Um, I was living with her at the time as her caregiver, but I was also working full time. So because she really couldn't be home alone anymore for, for even a few hours, it was just too dangerous of a situation. She needed to go to assisted living where she would be able to receive full time care. Okay. Um, and that was difficult. You know, that was a difficult decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that, you know, it was the best one for us and for her
0: okay yeah and now this is a specific type of of dementia that is not Alzheimer's correct would you tell us a little bit more about that because there may be people that aren't aware of this Uh, the uh the specific type of, of dementia Yeah.
1: there's different types of dementia there's different stages of dementia um, I'm not really that technical of an expert, but I, the, my mother had been diagnosed with Lewy body dementia. Um, all forms of dementia obviously affect uh, memory. They mm-hmm. affect your um, ability to, to to do things, to, to function normally. But the biggest thing that um, distinguishes Lewy body dementia is they also suffer through hallucinations. Um, that's really all I can really say about, I can't really say anything more specific than Mm -hmm. that other than, you know, there is different stages of dementia. So they slowly kind of progress to a point where, um, they're not able to, they don't really have a capacity to engage or converse or obviously recognize, uh, do things for themselves. Um, almost like they're, you know, you're you're going backwards in your life, right? Instead of right, kind of, kind of, kind of going back to that point where you you you'll need more assistance doing things to to be able to to go on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I thank you for walking us through that because I know there are a number of listeners out there that have dealt with something very similar. In fact, a number of people that I know are currently dealing with a similar situation with various forms of dementia, whether it's Alzheimer's or Lewy, Lewy body dementia, like you mentioned. And one of, the, that's one of the messages of Lulu Amorosa and, and Loving Lulu is that there are so many ways that you can express love. And, and to me, the book is all about the power of connection. So what prompted you in your life to begin to want to express the value of love through your storytelling?
1: Well, obviously with my journey with my mother, it was important because, because she had been uh, transforming into this person that I felt like I was losing, but physically she was still there. This mm-hmm. This person that was still there is important to me. And I knew that she was she would have kind of those moments when she would remember and it was really just really soul searching within me it was just like how can i really how can i make my visits with her counts like how am i able to have some quality for her as well as for me so I was able to, I, I reached out because I honestly didn't know what to do. So I reached out through Catholic charities. I reached out through other caregiving organizations. And, and that's the biggest thing. And I, would, and I would say this to anyone who's going on this, this journey with an elderly person is don't try to do it yourself because it, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to go through. Reach out. There's other people that are, that are going through the same thing that you can connect with and really kind of exchange ideas and try to kind of sort through it because it can be very frustrating. It's not, it's not an easy journey. So it was really just kind of starting with playing music and then I would bring her some food. She loved rice. She would always ask for rice. Ah. And I found a, a, a restaurant close to me that would make really delicious rice. And her eyes would open up and she would get so excited. So when I saw how she responded to certain things, I'm like, this is what I could do. <laughs> this is what I could do to, to make our visits, you know, special, special for her, something that she would look forward to. Because one. One of the things that when you're dealing with a person with dementia is you have no idea, you can try to understand through reading a book or, or whatever, but you don't really know what is it that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was really important to me that the time that I spent with her, that just try to give her the quality to, you know, to make, to make that time just, quality just pleasant just try to bring her some happiness in those moments that i was with her
0: yeah well and it sounds as though you found a number of ways to do just that you mentioned music and food Um, are there other ways that that you were able to connect
1: i took um for christmas time we were we would decorate cookies together Um, I brought her, um, little coloring pictures to color in, I would bring her, um, you know, I would show her pictures on my phone of, of family members, um, especially the, the little children, her grandchildren, you know, or great grandchildren. So she would see them. Um, I don't know that she really understood that they were related to her, but it would make her happy to see pictures of babies. No, I'm serious. I just Mm -hmm. like, you don't really know, but it kind of the smile on her face. My mother always, you know, she would take care of other children. So babies and children Mm -hmm. would always bring a smile to her face. Um, So it was just kind of really doing simple things like that. Um, She wasn't really interested. One of the things, some of the things we would love to do together was like go to the movies and things like that. But Mm -hmm. her I noticed like as her con- her conditioning her condition was advancing her attention span for things like that like she wouldn't sit and watch a movie like whatever we did it had to be kind of in short little intervals because she would just want to move on to something else does that make sense <laughs> yes, It does.
0: It it, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. It sounds like that the, the you found other creative and fun ways to relate and, and to communicate. And then the, the book, Loving Lulu, Lulu Amorosa, those are available currently, right now. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it is. So if you visit my website, lovinglulu.com, I have the books available in a soft cover and a hard cover. Um, I also have as a free gift on my website, when you order a book, you can grab a free copy of In the Kitchen with Abuelita which is a little cookbook i created from some of our favorite recipes that we were able to put together and just share them as a thank you gift for people for for purchasing the book it's available in english and in spanish so in la cocina con abuelita in spanish right. um, and i i do want to mention also that a portion of the proceeds of the sale of the book it will be donated to the Louis Body Dementia Foundation. I felt it was really important. I really wanted to do that in honor of my mother, who is a big, you know, influence and inspiration for me for the book.
0: I love that. Okay. Yes. And it's the Louie Body Dementia Association. Uh, the portion of the the of the proceeds will go to that. And the the website address is ww.lovinglulu. Dot .com all right so everyone hop on and get in the kitchen with abuelita with abuelita en la cocina con abuelita vamos a disfrutar de toda la comida y tengo hambre okay i love it see sí. yes see sí. sí, sí. exactly <laughs> yes so for being um, for those who did not understand what i just said yeah get hop on and get a copy of in the kitchen with abuelita uh, loving recipes And I'm hungry, Uh, that's what I just said, but we're not done, (laughs) just because we're hungry does not mean we're done. Uh, So uh, Wilda, I have more to ask you because you mentioned in in your introduction in the bio, international traveling and adventure. So you've got an adventure planned. Would you tell us about that? Yes, I do. Yeah.
1: Well, it's always been, I've never traveled internationally. I mean, I have on cruise ships, but to me, that's kind of like you get a snippet of another country. I want to really immerse myself and explore and be an adventurer, you know? Mm -hmm. So my plan is to be able to work from wherever I have a laptop you know, writing stories, yeah. and I really want to visit different countries and just be immersed in the culture and the people and just be able to write about all of those things that I don't even know about yet. Um, I, I really do. I'm, I really have a passion for that. I have a passion for people. I, I feel like, um, you know, my whole life, I've always been here. So I really just I'm really looking forward to being able to go out and explore. Um, I signed up to be a part of a group through a company, which right now, kind of where all that's at with COVID. I, I it's kind of like, um, I'm not really sure what's happening with that right now. So right now, I'm yeah. thinking like it's something I'm going to have to do on my own. <laughs> mm. So it's something I'm preparing for, and obviously right at this moment, I'm not able to do it. But, you know, I kind of put it out there to the universe because that's my dream and that's my goal. And I know that that's kind of the direction my life is gonna go for the second half of my life is to be traveling to other countries and exploring and having that adventure. And, you know, giving me new stories to write about, giving me different things to write about.
0: This sounds fun. And <laughs> uh, yes, I could hold a conversation with you about this for a long, long time. But let's, well, let's continue here. We won't be going for a long, long time, those listeners um, out there. This is not going to be a four-hour conversation. However, Wilda, where are you <laughs> planning to go? Uh, where, where are you most excited to go to?
1: Oh my gosh. Thomas, I want to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think I want to start in Europe. (laughs) My dream, I need to start in Europe to go to Italy, go to France, go to Spain, all those places. Um, I want to see Africa. I Mm. want to see Asia. I want to see South America. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like I really just I don't want to limit myself. I'm just kind of open to everything right now. Um I think about Morocco, you know, I think about um I I think of like so many places. I, you know, being in Chicago, I meet well lately it's it hasn't been as many, but I meet so many people from all over the world that come into the city for different reasons, for business, for conventions and things and they'll share with me stories about their countries and i think about oh my gosh i want to be over there it's one thing to see it on tv or watch videos or you know but i i i just want to be there i want to be living it that's that's how i see it <laughs>
0: All right. Well, and you know, I love that. I love that. Just the, there's something about the immersion. And, and again, we're back to the theme of this show connection and just a human connection and interaction. Now, how long do you envision yourself traveling? Do you envision yourself doing it for the next 20, 30, 40 years? Or?
1: Of course. Mm. I mean, I, at the age that I am, you know, once I'm able to do it, you know, I, if that's how I can live the rest of my life, then I'll be very happy to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can live the rest of my life and just be kind of be a, how do they say a wanderer, a meanderer <laughs> all around yeah. the globe, kind of like globe trotting. Mm-hmm. that's how I see myself. If I can live out of two suitcases, a suitcase, two suitcases the rest of my life, I'm good with that. I don't need to have things. The world is my thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. And that's how I see it. I really do.
0: That That's fun. Okay. So I love that. The world is my thing. We don't I, I need to have things, complicated things. But yeah, you, you can travel and that's, that's really interesting in your bio, that is one of the things that really, really jumped out to me. Now, you have, uh, despite the fact that, that you've not been over to Europe, not yet anyway, and you will go, um, how long have you been yearning to travel like this?
1: My whole life.
0: Mm, all right. When
1: I was a very young child, you know, I, I loved writing, but I always knew like I wanted to be able to go and explore other places. Um, I thought about for a long time having a career like in the airline industry where I'd mm-hmm. be kind of traveling around. I don't know. It's it's funny when you're a little kid, you kind of see the world different, right? You just mm-hmm. see the kind you, you think about the world and you think about what's attainable like what are some things you can do and i can remember i used to dream and fantasize about that like i just want to be traveling and going to places and those are two things that really have have stuck with me since childhood is writing and traveling so not necessarily that i want to be a travel writer but I want to be writing as I travel. Does that make sense?
0: It makes a lot of sense. Because I tell people
1: a lot of times I want to be traveling and they think like, oh, you want to be a travel writer? And I'm like, no, not necessarily. I just want to be kind of working from wherever I am or in the world, you know, on whatever project I'm working on. Um, So it may be about my travels. It may be about other things, you know, loving Lulu. My intention is to grow that into a series. So I have other stories, you know, Lulu, this first book is about her and her abuelita, but you know, Lulu has pets and Lulu has friends and (laughs) Lulu Mm -hmm. has lots of other adventures that, that she would like to share in more books. So my intention is to kind of grow this into a series. So those are all things I want to be working on one day as I'm traveling or wherever I'm at in the world, I want to be, like I said, I want to be where I have laptop and Wi-Fi, I can work, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you know that because you I kind do. of had that lifestyle before where you're just kind of like working where you're at, right?
0: Yes. Yes. And it's really a lot of fun. Now, where the Wi-Fi is great, it's it's very very doable and the listeners of this show some of my earlier shows from the Ohm times radio were recorded with a very very poor internet connection in mexico happily happily the podcasting universe <laughs> allowed us to continue and allowed us to record all of those. So wherever you wind up, will. I hope that there's good Wi-Fi because it really is a possibility. It really is. And I love to hear when people are expressing that and embracing the limitlessness rather than arguing for your limitations, just saying, no, I don't need this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to experience life. And you can do it because you've always been a writer. Since you were since you were a little mm-hmm. girl, you mentioned, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. I've always kind of had that imagination. Mm-hmm. But it, it's funny, like, honestly, as a kid, it's like I had that I had that fantasy, I had that imagination. But because other people around me didn't have it. I wasn't always open about sharing it. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's not until I've become older that I've learned to just, you know what, this is mine. This is what makes me different. This is what makes me me. So now that I'm much older and I'm in that like second stage of my life, I'm like, I'm going to go after the things I'm passionate about. I want to go after the things that are important yeah. to me. And that's yes. why. The travel, especially now with so much uncertainty going on in the world, yes, I know that it's stalled for now, but it's on the forecast, it's gonna happen. It's not gonna stop me. So it can't happen right now, right this minute, but it will happen and that's how I see it.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, and it it will happen. uh, For those of you that may be listening to this years from now, we're recording this in December 2020, during the COVID-19 outbreak. In fact, actually a second global wave of this outbreak. So travel has been um, curtailed, stalled, otherwise squashed for a long time. But this is not going to remain the case at all. And we will travel, yes, And, and, and write and travel. And I love the fact that you mentioned that Loving Lulu is going to be a series down the line. So remind our listeners, again, how they can get their hands on the book. So
1: they can go to my website to lovinglulu.com and grab a copy. It's available either as a soft cover and a hard cover. And once they make their purchase, they can grab a free copy of In the Kitchen with Abuelita. That is a digital book and that will be delivered immediately to the email that's provided. Um, the books are also available online pretty much everywhere where books are sold. So on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. But the offer of a free cookbook, that's only available through my website.
0: All right. So everybody go to that website. All right. Lovinglulu.com. Okay, this is this is fantastic. I, I love this. And it, it's just so much fun to have authors on the show because people are have, have such creative gifts to share with the world. And it's an honor for me to be able to give this space for you to talk about it and, and what's important to you. And I very much enjoyed our time here today. So, Wilda, anything else that you would like to say to our listeners before we wrap up today?
1: Sure first of all, I do want to thank you again for this opportunity to be able to share a bit of my story and the story of loving Lulu. Um, one of the most important additions, because this, the the way the, when I was developing the project, it did evolve from what it when from what it was when it started as a story. <laughs> yeah. One of the most important additions that we added was a call to action. So, right when the story is done, Lulu asks the reader the question, now it's your turn. What are some ways in which you can express and show love? So that's one thing I would really love for everyone to think about is how do you show love in your life? And not just how do you show love, but how do you accept love as well? Because uh, yes. I think it's, So important that it's not just about giving, but it's also about learning how to receive it, because you may never know someone may be trying to show you love in a way that you may not be receiving it that way. (laughs) So, you know, just, you know, just be open. Just be open to receiving it as well as, as giving it when it's appropriate.
0: You know, I really love that that you said that that is something that a lot of people do, and we've talked about it right here on this show in various episodes, people that give and give and give, but they're not willing to accept, they're not willing to receive um yeah, so I'm very happy that you mentioned that It's a critical component, yes. oh yeah, yes. yeah. It really is. Well, this has been so much fun, Awilda. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join me today. And everybody get their hands on a copy of Loving Lulu or Lulu Amorosa in Spanish at lovinglulu.com. So the it is available on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, etc. as you've said. However, the free, and I do mean free, gratis ebook, In the Kitchen with Abuelita, the recipes the cookbook is only available on lovinglulu.com. So everybody get their hands on that. I'm going to be doing that. I'm looking forward to this. So Wilda, thank you so much again for joining me. This has been such a pleasure today.
1: Thank you so much, Tomas. I've had, I've. it's been such an honor. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's been my pleasure. And this has been Wilda rivera Prignano here on Decide to Transform. So thank you all for tuning in as always, and we will see you here on the next episode. Everybody have a great day.